So John the Evangelist wrote today's passage talking about John the Baptist. So I will specify which John I'll be talking about because the names may be a little bit confusing. So the Jews from Jerusalem has sent the priests and the Levites to one of their own, which is John, John the Baptist. Earnestly, not like the Pharisees or the other people who were trying to trick John, because they were really seeking to know if he is Christ, if John the Baptist was Christ. John first seeked to remove their false ideas about this Messiah identity. So the Baptist, John the Baptist, could have used this opportunity just to, for deception to exalt himself. This is a golden opportunity for him to say, yes, I'm Christ, but he did not do this. Instead, John the Baptist humbly confessed to them he was not the Christ, correcting the false perception that he was worthy than Christ himself or Jesus. They asked right after this if he's Elijah, who was second in importance after Messiah. So three people the Jews were looking for, Messiah, Christ himself, or Elijah, because they knew that Elijah is not dead and he's coming again, or the prophet. And let me stress on the, on the word the prophet, not any prophet, but the prophet. Uh, so they, they asked if, if he was Elijah, because he was the second in importance after the Messiah, with reference to the hope of Israel's deliverance, because they were waiting for him, thinking that John was the same, Messiah, the same Elijah who had been taken up into heaven, and now he had returned. He had returned. But John the Baptist answered, said, no, I'm not. Although his role in Christ's first advent does prefigure Elijah's role, in the second advent, meaning John the Baptist came before Jesus, the first coming, and Elijah will come before Jesus in his second coming. Make sense? This is prefigure exactly what his role was. One might think that he is contradicting Jesus when he said later in words, when Jesus said that Elijah has already come, but this is not the same Case because our Lord was referring to Elijah who would precede his second coming. One wonders why there is all these questions on, Jews, on John's identity. Could they have been ignorant of the circumstances of his birth, especially since his father Zechariah was one of them, was one of the priests? Definitely not. They knew who was Zechariah and who was his wife and how Elizabeth was pregnant in a very, very old age, so it was unusual and very unique. Yet they came and asked a third time if he is the prophet prophesied in Deuteronomy, and I'm talking about the prophet. So John replies that he was not, even though he was a prophet and much more. So Israel's expectation was based on the hope that a prophet would return in the flesh and would be similar to Moses, in his mediation, medi mediation between God and humanity. The Jews' leaders insist on an answer. They kept asking one question after the other. So John the Baptist's answer they said, the voice in the wilderness speaks to them of the pre-existent word that shapes and informs his voice. That is, 
Christ, who was among them. Christ is the word. John is the voice. There's a big difference between the word and the voice. John is the voice saying, Christ is coming, Jesus is coming. But Jesus, he is the word of God. He is the Son, the Word of God, the Logos. The voice indicated to the lost that Christ is a better way than that of Moses. This was wrong, since Cyril of Alexandria specifically said this. The voice indicates to the lost that Christ is a better way than that of Moses. John was preparing that way to come into his hearers' hearts by preaching the true faith and resulting of the good works. Not only the priests and the Levites, but the Pharisees also, sent someone to inquire about John. Although their motives were not as pure as those of the priests and the Levites, like we said before. Instead of trying to discover who was John, they were more concerned with trying or trip him. They were trying to catch something on him. But John sees through their schemes and focuses instead on that fact that his baptism was merely an introductory baptism of repentance that still awaited the more perfect baptism coming by Christ. So Christ will come and give him the true baptism. His baptism, John's baptism, was baptism of repentance, but the real baptism which will re make people reborn again, this is coming by Jesus himself. His baptism is inferior because, I'm talking about John the Baptist, is inferior because it is only a baptism of repentance and not of the Spirit, which is Jesus' baptism. In answer to their objections concerning this baptism, John announces that there is one in their midst they do not know by whose authority he baptizes. But he's coming and they will know him soon. And John speaks in humility concerning his own baptism and his unworthiness to untie the sandals of Jesus. This untying of the sandals recalls an image in the book of Ruth of the kinsman redeemer removing his sandals in preparing to receive his bride. Something that John was unwilling to do because he was not the bridegroom. Jesus was. Or the sandal straps is the bond of the mystery concerning the Lord's incarnation. Forgive me, we can talk about this a lot, but for the time's sake, I'm just giving the head points now. But when Christ does remove his sandals, he leaves his footprints in our souls. So if Christ or when Christ does finish his work, you know, he's going to finish and take us take our souls to him. So John the Baptist announces Christ not in some quiet background but very publicly in Bethany whose name which means preparation, John, is indicative of John's type of baptism. So by this we just understood exactly who was John and he was the forerunner, and the word forerunner meaning that he's coming before Jesus himself. He's saying, Jesus is here. The Messiah is here. Be ready. I'm baptizing you for the baptism of the repentance, and he's coming to baptize you with the Holy Spirit to take you into his kingdom.
and glory be to God forever. Amen. We want to thank you so much for listening to St. Basil's podcast. We hope that you have gained spiritually from our remarkable speakers, and we appreciate your support towards this podcast. St. Basil American Coptic Orthodox Church is looking to purchase a home, and we would love for you to be a part of our community. We are looking to raise funds towards this novel mission, Orthodoxy in an American Context within the San Diego area. You may donate online through our website, www.stbasil.net, that's www.stbasil.net, or click on the link below when it will take you to our donations page. You may also mail in your contribution at the address located on our website. We thank you for any contribution, and may our Lord Jesus Christ always bless your heart and home.